gloomy, mostly Euclidean confines of Castle Gormagon, upon the lofty, wind-blasted heights of the Plateau of Lang, I am Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi, and this is Radio Gormagon. I am Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi, and this is Radio Gormagon. I have the honor tonight to welcome one of our most desired minions at Neva at Pippin Baby on Twitter. She has you know friends far and wide, and so many people uh, have asked when she'll be on, and we're excited to have her. And uh, I should explain, Neva and I actually do know each other a bit. We were corresponding by email on uh, Gormagon Matters long ago, and I accidentally sent something from a personal email account, so she knew who I was, and I you know, learned who she was, and we've actually met in person, and she's met my family and my oldest friend and his wife and a slew of my wife's relatives for some reason. Uh, moving on, here is Neva, and Neva, first question to you. Your Twitter handle, Pippin Baby, what's that all about? That was the first, my first cat. I got them... Let's see, when I was in my early to mid-20s, one was called Dr. Pipsqueak, how are you? And the other one was called Baby B. And so Pippin Baby grew out of, you know, that was the handle I chose. Nice. And they are, they have long since passed, but, you know, I still love them. Uh, may they rest in peace. You do have a cat, though. I do, uh, Mr. Kittles. Mr. Kittles of uh, Star of Stage, Screen, and Twitter, I believe. He's, he, he does occasionally show up in your uh, timeline. He does. I inherited him from a Eastern European model who was friends with my sister. <laughs> you know, one thing about knowing Neva is there's almost no element in Neva's life that doesn't have some really interesting backstory. So there you go. The Eastern European model <laughs> friend of the sisters bequeathed her a cat. So... There you go. Well, so, and uh, is Mr. Kittles around? He is actually sitting on my lap as we speak. All right. Hello, Mr. Kittles. Welcome to the podcast. We, we have no questions for you. <laughs> I mean, you do not deign to answer them. Uh, all right. So speaking of your Twitter account, how close is uh, Twitter Neva to real Neva? It's pretty much just myself. I, you know, I... <laughs> that was my, I, I that was my sense. Of... It's not a persona. You're, you're just putting it out there. Yeah, it, it, it's... I used to call it screaming into the void, but that's, and that's basically what it is for me. I, yeah, I just kind of go for it. <laughs> like digital est therapy, huh? Yes, exactly. Ah! All right. Well, excellent. Excellent. I mean, although, you know, the, the, the problem is now it's not a void. It's filled with all sorts of crazy people. I know it's terrible. Now I have friends and now people like, care when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a bad day. Oh, no, never. Why? Dang it. I didn't want you to ask. <laughs> All right. Exactly. So as your, as your profile states, you are, in, in addition to being a twirly sprite, a wanton nutmegger, you are from Connecticut. What is it like to grow up in, what is it like to grow up in Connecticut? Is it, or is it, now, is it more la-di-da or frou-frou? Oh, God. It's, it's a little of column A and a little of column B. I grew up in Westport, which is very la-di-da. I currently am living a little bit farther east of there. But, you know, growing up in Westport, it was kind of very fancy. I I got to sell a tutu to Harvey Weinstein. Wow. So there was that. 
Yeah. Wow. I, do, do you still have his fingerprints <laughs> on your uh, rear end? <laughs> I wish I did. I No, actually, I don't wish I did. I, no, no, I wouldn't think so. No. <laughs> Not that. Um, <laughs> Never. <laughs> Um, no, it, it was a nice place to grow up. So a lot of, it, it was just very almost 90210-ish, you know, kind of snootiness and just general, ah, uh, like, <laughs> it was a nice place to grow up. So, so, line. so, were, so were you a, a Brenda or an Andrea or a, who were you in the 90210 world of, uh, Westport. Oh, Brenda, definitely. Bre- Brenda, all right, very good. Well, you were also, you're kind of a Kennedy, right? By which I mean you're like descended from a bootlegger or something? I am, um, but actually the Kennedys are somewhat connected to my family because <laughs> the woman that grew up across the street from my mother was one of the boiler room girls. Really? In, yeah. She grew up to be, she was a boiler room girl, and she is now a book editor, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, Esther Newberg. Wow. Uh, was she at the uh, party in Chappaquiddick? She was. Really? Did she ever Did she yeah. ever share an account of what she thought had happened there? Or? I, I don't think she talked much about that after the fact. Okay. Um, okay. No. Yeah. No, I just ask. I've heard some odd things. Like, I, I knew a guy who was a Jesuit and he had known, I guess, a priest who had been close. I mean, he was there in the area at the time and, you know, it was with Ted the day after or something like that. And he had had Ooh. sort of an account that was vaguely exculpatory, not really exculpatory, but made you think, well, maybe it wasn't as bad as you would have thought in the sense that his, his story was that Mary Jo Kopechny had uh, been drinking and gone out to the car to kind of, you know, lie down and sleep it off a little bit. It was in the back seat, and Ted drove away not knowing she was in the car because she was asleep, and he abandoned the car without knowing she was in it. I don't know. I have no idea if that's anywhere near the truth or not, but it's a story I heard once. I was fishing for Chappaquiddick stories. So, yeah, kind of weird. Now, this this does come up on Twitter. Lots of people may know this uh, if they're paying attention, but you are actually a really talented musician and uh have been since at, at least high school right i mean how did you uh how'd you come to master the kazoo <laughs> well i i don't know or, about the kazoo i'm sorry juice but I, started, <laughs> I, I started playing the cello oh, when i was okay. nine you know i just got those two yeah. confused. yeah when yeah. you're nine okay <laughs> it's very yeah it's very easy to get those confused no i started playing when i was nine um I was pretty good. So, you know, my mother encouraged it. My father encouraged it. Um, so I played, I, you know, took private lessons every week and played in a couple of youth symphonies and just sort of it grew out of there. And, <clears throat> you know, after, after I went through high school, I just kind of played it for relief or fun for just, just the joy, perfect. the joy of playing it, right? I mean, I can, I can only, I don't have that kind of musical skill, but I can only imagine the, you know, pleasure one takes in exercising it. I mean, yes. must be, must must be considerable. Now, you're also underplaying how good you were, right? In your youth symphonies and things like that, you were you were first chair, weren't you? I was. You I was were pretty good. You were, you were pretty good. Okay. Let's say, uh, did you have a do you have a favorite cellist to listen to? Well, Yo-Yo Ma, obviously, um, but the the two. The two guys that played cello, um, the 
oh god they're just called two cellos i believe yes i think, um, they're, I think they, you're right they play some incredible stuff some like heavy metal and it's it's very interesting to listen to you know i'm sorry mr kittle is on top of me. Um. Oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah, I'll, in, in, while, while you're resolving that, I'll encourage our listeners to uh, go check out uh, Two Cellos on YouTube. I think it's Numeral Two Cellos. And um, I think they, they've either got a YouTube channel or you can see them there. And uh, you'll you know find them with the search on that. And they, they do just like rip through, you know, the least classical, like classical music songs on cello. And it sounds unbelievably good. They do play uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC, which is pretty kick-ass. It, totally. Totally. That's, <laughs> a, that's one of my favorites. Uh, and my kids actually like that, too, because they are familiar with ACDC as it is apparently the official band of youth hockey in the state of Wisconsin. Every stadium you go to, they play ACDC nice. all the time. Yes. So. <laughs> right, do, you, do you have uh, favorite classical you know, composers in general? Um, Mozart or Bach uh, or... Mahler or Strauss or Tchaikovsky is probably my favorite. Tchaikovsky Um, and Chopin and my meowing cat. (laughs) I'm sorry. I did did hear that. No, no, don't apologize. We're just, just, you know, we're we're just, you know, theater of the mind. We're hanging out with Neva and her cat is on her lap, hissing angrily. (laughs) And he's biting my foot. So and by the, I might scream in terror. <laughs> <laughs> terror, pain, agony, you know, sure. That that is an he, odd sound. I will I will say that is an odd sound. Well, he he's kind of known for his odd sounds. He's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a sound effect he did on a cue, like you've got it queued up. He's known for his odd sounds. <laughs> you know. yeah, that was not intentional, by yeah, the way. He, he, that's just that's just Excellent comic timing on his part. Exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. Returning, returning to you, Neva. Some people may not know that you are, in fact, a bachelor of pie, which is, say, a trained pastry chef. How did you get into that? That was kind of, when I finished high school, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I didn't want to waste money by going to school if I didn't know what I was you know, what right. my life path was going to be. Right. So I decided because I loved baking that could, I'd give you, that you, a whirl. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I was just going to make a joke about how you, you could have gone and done a, a WASP studies major at a Connecticut <laughs> school. <laughs> I did not do that. Smart, um, smart, smart. <laughs> no, I, I went to culinary school because I thought, you know, I, I just see what that was all about because I enjoyed baking. And I found out that the restaurant business is not for me because it's too fast-paced and I am not fast-paced. <laughs> yeah, it, it's well, it's it's a tough, tough gig. My my wife actually has a cousin who's a kind of a, a minor bigwig in, in the cuisine world. And the hours they keep, the amount of t- you know stuff they do. I mean, you don't really have a life outside your job. It's tough. Yeah. Well, that might work for me now because I don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, well, would you ever, if the opportunity, you know, proposed stuff, somebody said, oh, hey, I, I happen to have this vacant storefront with a professional uh, quality kitchen and oven for you. you know, would you, would you ever consider doing it? At this point, I probably would. Oh, um, oh. I think, yeah, I, I think at this point in my life, I, I would probably 
give it a try. All right. Well, attention other minions who have restaurants who might need a pastry chef. Nev is available. <laughs> now, well, we got to send out your resume. What, do, what are you good at making? I, I made a pretty good dobish tort, Ooh, which is Hungarian. like the, the thin layers of cake with the buttercream in between and like the caramel on top. It, it was very good. I made a very good wedding cake as well. I'm now ruining um, doing this. I'm doing, I'm ruining doing this over the internet. I should have like you know come to your house and had you bake. <laughs> but when I when I went to culinary school, I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time, and I caused my aunt to gain about twenty pounds. So that was <laughs> that was a problem. She did not like that. <laughs> uh, you didn't cause her. She caused it by eating your delicious, <laughs> delicious confection. So do you, do you bake much? Do you bake? Do you bake much now? I made cornbread tonight, but uh, other than that, I don't do much baking. I probably should keep up with it just just for kicks. Do you watch? Um, uh, do you watch? There's like a bazillion baking shows on the um, Food Network and things like that. Do you watch those? Do you like those? Do you hate them and uh, can't stand them? Or no, God, yes, I watch them. <laughs> uh, no, I I watch the Food Network like it's going out of style. I, I watched about like four hours of Chop today, so that was. Very exciting. Excellent. <laughs> no, I I enjoy watching cooking shows. They relax me. They calm me. Um, I just find them oddly hypnotic. I think, I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people do. I, I certainly watch a fair bit of cooking shows if they come on. I'm just like, oh, hey, that's interesting. Or even even just the, now the random like food shows where it's, you know, Guy Fieri or uh, walking into restaurants or... Um, the best thing I ever ate or something like that, where they just, just random chefs talking about some really awesome, you know, thing they had along a certain theme. Like uh, there was one I saw the other night where it's like, you know, the best thing I ever ate on a road trip. And they just had six or eight, you know, like famous chefs talking about best thing I ever had on a road trip was X or Y. It, I, again, it's, there's nothing else on. It's, you know, absolutely rock solid backstop TV. No question. Yeah, Absolutely. Have you seen, I haven't seen it. Uh, have you seen the Great British Bake Off? Uh, yes, actually. I watched that extensively over the winter. I I was hooked hooked on that show because, I, not because I love Mary Berry, one of the hosts. I love Paul Hollywood, the other host. They're he just making those names up, of, aren't they? They're just making those names up. <laughs> Mary Berry. I am not. Mary Berry, they, they Paul are, Hollywood. No, they are 100% true. They are... They are the host of the show, um, but I, 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 I just loved it. It was um, they put people in a tent and they make them bake, and it was very British and proper, and you know, it, you, it, it was just great. <laughs> that, that sounds great. I mean, I, I watched um, years ago the two fat ladies. And they would oh, periodically, God, I love that. yeah, they would periodically go and, you know, cook out outside some school or historic home or what have you uh, for a function. And they'd be like out in tents cooking, I don't know, whatever. And they people would be rolling up the pallets of butter and flour and stuff. And it was, it was pretty great. Next question. I am told by reliable sources that you have, and let, let me check my notes. You have the best kid in the world. Is that true? I do. Would you like to tell us about it? Oh, okay, sorry. Would you like to tell us about him or care to keep him, uh, you know, private? No, I, um, his name's Sawyer. He's 11. He's a fan of 
Minecraft and a fan of playing Zelda at this moment. He's he's my pride and joy. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, uh, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. He he's a pretty good baseball player. Am I remembering that right? He was playing baseball, but now he has forsaken baseball because he is a preteen and oh. has decided that he doesn't want to do any of that. Oh, and okay. he'd rather play video games <laughs> but that is quite all right and he's, I love he's turning anyway. the baseball hat backwards now huh baseball hat is backwards is like the cleats are kicked off he doesn't want any part of it wow all right all right <laughs> but that's, that's okay I, that's was, life. I was never yeah that's life i was never you know one to push that sort of thing uh, so he he can do what he likes for right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I know as as a, as a as a fact, you're not a big fan of what the kids today call the sports ball, but you also <laughs> ha- you have a uh, an uh, unhealthy love for Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. How, how, how did how oh, did that he, come about without your being a sports fan? Is it the Allstate commercials? Um, <laughs> it was not the Allstate commercials. It was um, probably Twitter. And probably my dad watching football. Well, speaking speaking of your dad, your family, how many uh, siblings do you have? I have four sisters and a brother. Wow. Yeah. I am the third oldest in six kids. We all get along pretty well. It's a pretty boring story. We're not like, uh, you know, there's no estrangements or anything like that. But we're, we're all pretty close and... You know, they're some of my best friends. That's awesome. That's and, and that's one thing where Tolstoy is exactly wrong, where he said, you know, all happy families are alike. All unhappy families <laughs> are unhappy in their own ways. It's the other way around. Most unhappy families, dad's gone, mom's hitting the booze, you know, whatever it is. There are these patterns, right, that repeat through. But when you actually meet, like, a functional family, they're their own thing. They have their whole little constellation of weird in-jokes and affections and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's terrific, right? I mean, it's a, it's a great milieu to, to be in. I totally agree. Totally agree. You, and this, or your family reminds me of this. You really, really, and I don't think people on Twitter know this as much. You really, really, really like boats. I do like boats. You like um, boats. Why do you, why do you like boats? Uh, well, no, I grew up in the shore, so of course I like boats. No, we, we had boats all through my childhood and growing up, so I grew up on boats. I wanted to have a sail on a sunfish. I just love sailing. I love the freedom of the water. I love I love controlling the sail. I love controlling the rudder. I love I, I just love being on the water. <laughs> awesome. It comes with it comes with being like with my astrological sign as a cancer, I think we're controlled by the water and controlled by the moon. Oh, all right. <laughs> there you go. And you're crabby. And I am crabby. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm from Maryland. We get along with crabs just fine. So, <laughs> although I'm a Taurus, I have no idea what that means. I'm controlled by bullshit. Oops. I'm sorry. Well. <laughs> I, I think that means, well, I don't know what you're controlled by. Fun. Speaking of metaphysical things, here's something people may or may not know about you. You're a convert to Catholicism. Would you like to share how that came about? <laughs> that one. That one's kind of a, a strange. Well, it's not very strange, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. I um, became a Catholic 
when after my maternal grandmother had passed, I had kind of like this strange experience when I went to her grave and I felt drawn to the church and I decided that that was for me. And when I was going to RCIA classes, <clears throat> I found out I was pregnant with Sawyer. So I, I it was actually um, when I was confirmed, I it was the day I found out I was pregnant. So I was going to get a pregnancy test on <laughs> Easter. Well, I guess and it's a very was, Catholic thing, right? Oh my God, I just turned Catholic, Catholic and now thing. I'm pregnant. And, and I was pregnant and I, I was going into Stop and Shop and I was going through the sea of children because they were doing an Easter egg hunt to get a pregnancy test. Oh, and I, this was the day I was getting confirmed. And um, I was like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this, is just, this just has to be. The Episcopalians <laughs> were right. You become Catholic and then you get knocked up right away. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, talking about your your experience with your your grandmother's grave, are, are you the kind of person who has experiences that are sort of outside the norm? I have this sort of vague theory that, um, and I, I'm I'm not. I'm about as mundane as a as a human being gets. But I have this theory that people have different levels of sort of antennas to the supernatural. You know, you think of you read some of these biographies of like the great saints and stuff. People like Catherine of Siena and stuff who will almost live a portion of their life in a slightly different reality and, you know, and who I do not believe are, you know, suffering from mental problems because they're quite functional in most other ways. Um, but are you, are you the kind of person, I mean, do you like, have you ever seen a ghost or anything like that? Um, I, hmm. I don't know how to answer this. Um, the, the experience I had at my grandmother's grave was, it wasn't, an, uh, it was, it wasn't, it was an experience that I, I just sort of, took my Obviously, outside the... I, I remember you were telling me a little about it, but it, it was just something that was outside the norm of everyday experience, right? Yeah. It yeah. was kind of like feeling an electric shock when I put my hands on the earth. Hmm. And I, I interpreted that as, as God kind of mm -hmm. speaking to me. I don't know how to explain I, it other than that. <laughs> no, no I, I, no, I don't mean to ask you to explain it. I just mean to ask you if uh, you had had other things in your life that were sort of outside the norm of what people run into, because it seems that, you know, I think certain people seem to be more susceptible to those type of experiences. And I was wondering if, if you counted yourself among them or if that was a one-time thing. I think it was a one-time thing for me. Okay. I think. Okay. Well, what is a talent or skill that you have that might surprise people? I actually knit when I when I get around to it. I learned how to knit from my sister. Um, my grandmother was an avid knitter and I never learned from her, but after she had passed, my sister taught me how to knit and I found that to be a good pastime, but then I took up smoking and that kind of took up more of my time. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I do make good, knit, make good I, choices, Neva, make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> I do knit when I when I can find the time, but I enjoy that a lot. Are you, are you good at it? I am. I mean, not yeah, like not like gingy good. level good, probably because who is not but... gingy level good? All right, but uh, like I can't make socks like she can. She can she can make a main sock, 
and she she has some beautiful patterns but yeah, um, i can knit pretty well Cool. Well, if you if you if you ever end up in uh, this part of the world, perhaps on a pilgrimage to Ice Station Mo or something, um, I have a uh, I have a yarn store that you should go to. It's a really really good yarn store. It would be Fru Fru and Shishi and La Dida enough to fit in Connecticut, I suspect. So, without being presumptuous, right. I say this. Another question: You have a serious and abiding interest in Russian history and culture and literature and so forth, and you even speak a few words of Russian. How how did that come about, and what's the appeal? The appeal is I I liked the remoteness of Russia, and when I was seventeen or eighteen, I worked in a bookstore, and I read a book about Tsar Nicholas II, and I found that very interesting. And was that Nicholas and Alexandra? Kind of it was Robert Massey. Yeah. Um, yeah it's classic. Yeah. <laughs> of course you read it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the two great like <laughs> popular biographers, right. Of Russian uh, crazy czars and stuff. It's Massey and Henri Troyat, the French guy. And I just kind of fell in love with the remoteness of it and just the expanse of the land, just that it, it seemed so wild and untamed. It, and, that appealed to me. It's the wild, um, the wild east, right? Exactly. And then I started reading about Stalin, and that kind of became my um, major draw for some reason. I I don't know what draws me to read about Stalin, but oh, it's does. it's you know what it is. Well, you've you've baptized and confirmed and everything else. Answered the the phrase that they used: the glamour of evil. <laughs> That's what it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 amazing. I mean, I agree with you. It is utterly compelling. I mean, uh, I haven't read. Oh, what's his name's new biography of of Stalin? Uh, I actually have it in front of me. Uh, Kotkin, Stephen Kotkin. Stephen Kotkin. Yeah. yeah. Have you read that? I am reading it. Uh, oh. What is it? Waiting for Hitler. Uh, Paradoxes of, of Power is the one I've got on my shelf here. That's unread. Oh. So okay. you, so you may be you may be a volume ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I also I also have Sheila Fitzpatrick's book uh, here on Stalin's team. Um, I I have not made it through that one yet. I'm still uh, like working through that one. Yeah, yeah. She's she's good, but interesting perspective, I think. And uh, uh, sometimes I think, you know, she very much sort of puts you into the world and almost gives you this sense. Of, and I don't know if it's overdrawn or if it's a nice corrective, but it almost seems a little bit too normal. Wow, it's a lot of her stuff on like, you know, like, oh, he was just doing this and you're like, boy, yeah. But I mean, I always get the sense, you know, when I saw that, you, you know, this is like the biggest haunted house in the history of the world, right? Is, you know, Stalin's Soviet Union, maybe Mao's China. I, I don't know enough about Mao's China, but I mean, in terms of just, you know, waiting for something to just leap out from behind every rock to take you to your doom. I don't, I don't think anything really beats Stalin's Russia. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, let's see. Let's see. Besides smoking and knitting and going on boats and so forth, how do you how do you spend your free time? How do you spend your how do you spend your free time relaxing and stuff? Is there is there any other particular thing you like to do, or have we kind of covered Neva's leisure time? I I read smutty novels. Oh yes, that's right. Uh, VC Andrews. I recommend anybody go out and is a goodreads.com and find Neva's reviews of VC Andrews books. They will, they will change your life. No, I, I do enjoy a good VC Andrews book, even though I'm pushing 40 at some point, but I, I still enjoy VC. Get Andrews off books my lawn. 
<laughs> I I read them first when I was 16, and I appreciated her dedication to a particular. She had a, a specific type of series she would do. It was the um, it was a, always a five book series for I think the three series that she did before she died. It was a young, poor, beautiful girl, poor, beautiful, rich girl, <laughs> beautiful, rich girl in some sort of turmoil. And then it was the beautiful spawn. And then it was the evil grandmother prequel. So she followed that five book series pretty well. Wow. Um, and after she died, after she died, I believe they followed that series kind of oh they kept cranking them out oh yeah they they kept cranking them out so they're they're like they're like pervy nancy drew or the hardy boys that's just exactly the vc andrews syndicate is cranking out five book series (laughs) with evil grandmothers yes exactly every fifth book Um, interesting i was i was unaware of the oeuvre yeah she only she only wrote about I, i think like probably 15 or 16 books she only wrote one standalone novel i believe wow okay yeah oh uh, so uh any any of any other uh, smut mavens you'd like to recommend harold robbins or sydney sheldon or no not sydney sheldon no, um, i'm just throwing things out there tammy hogue is actually a, a pretty good author yeah she, she's written some she's written some smut but she's also written some pretty good detective kind of novels and there's always some there's some sex thrown in there, but you know she's, yeah, she's written some good books. I won't recommend Cinder Brown because she just writes writes smut. Okay. Unless you're looking for smut, in which case we do recommend her. But no, yes, yeah, we won't we won't recommend her. We'll we'll recommend her apathetically by bringing her up in this context. We'll get right back to the episode, but first, a word from one of our sponsors. Get ready to be blown into the heavens. Sunday. 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 It's ground pounding. Heart stopping. Ecclesiastical. Mayhem. At Lang's one and only quarter mile Holy Roman Catholic Church. Our Lady of the Evening is going to explode. It's world champion Father John Abernathy with his nitro-burning flying fist Agnes Dei at 8.30. At 10 o'clock, get ready to shake hands with the Devil Slayer, Father Bill Monroe, as he delivers his weekly 7,000 horsepower sermon. Late sleepers awake for the 5 o'clock whirling wafers of total transubstantiation with Father Jan Gabriel as he puts the Kyrie in your liaison. We'll give you the whole cue, but you'll only need the edge of it. Our Lady of the Evening, every Sunday. Sunday. Now, let's get back to the program. Where's your favorite place in the world, Neva? My favorite place in the world is probably St. Croix. I went there about 12 years ago, and it was just, it was a beautiful place to go. I went there with my family, and we thought we found the beach at the end of the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah? Um, I don't know if it's actually there or in Mexico, but I'm pretty sure it was there. Wow. I'll just believe it was there. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it, it Don't check beautiful. IMDb. Hello, this is Confucius the Ecumenical Volgi coming to you from the future, courtesy of Gort's time travel power and the fact that it took a while to get this podcast edited. I just wanted to point out that having done a little research, I can confirm that Neva is totally correct that the last scenes of the Shawshank Redemption were filmed on St. Croix at the Sandy Point National Wildlife Refuge. 
It looks beautiful from pictures, so if you're ever in the area, why not patronize this fine locale of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's National Wildlife Refuge System. And now back to our conversation. Yeah, no, I don't care. <laughs> um, it was this beautiful remote beach, and it was just, it was just great. It was a week um, in paradise, basically. So oh, that man. is my favorite place. Awesome. Another question: you, you ever shoot a gun? I have never shot a gun. All right. I am well, kind of scared of guns. I should be. They're actually really, really fun. They're, they're like, they're like, you know, power tool. They, they can be dangerous, but <laughs> used properly, they're fine. <laughs> All right, uh, you have a large shrine to Lana Del Rey in your bedroom. Uh, what's your favorite tune of hers? <laughs> oh, my favorite tune. It's probably, currently, it's actually the one that Radiohead is accusing her of thieving. Um, mm. It's called Get Free. Okay. And it's supposedly a ripoff of Creep by Radiohead, which I don't, I don't understand. It's this kind of jazzy waltz number that she does and it's off her last album and it it's just this beautiful song and i don't believe radiohead for one second but really okay I, you've got enough <laughs> musical intelligence I, I would trust you to be able to discern it if you could you know so uh, <laughs> all right so tell us about lana and uh, why do you love her i love her because i love her voice it's this boozy this wonderful, sleepy, boozy, jazzy thing she's got going, and I, I, I think she's fantastic. I, I really like her voice too. You, you got me into her, and uh, I really like her. Voice. I don't like a lot of her early albums when she'll sing in like a weird kind of falsetto. Doesn't do much for me, but but her actual sort of like alto kind of low, fantastic. Really dig it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so who's that other guy you're always talking about? It's like Captain Beefheart or famous original Ray or Reverend Horton Heat or <laughs> Father something or other. What's what's the deal with that guy? Father John Misty. Yeah, I, that famous original Ray, I'm just going to call him. He He's just kind of a whack job that I found through my Lana Del Rey love. And he he writes some of the most original music I've heard in a long time. I, I really enjoy him. It, it, I don't know the word to explain him. He's just kind of this fantastic weirdo that I just love. <laughs> what percentage oh, of right, your right, wardrobe cool. do you have any is composed of either surprise or kimono, like, you know, a secret fun for swing have, music, or you know, you own the complete discography of Katy Perry or something? <laughs> I, yeah, I secretly love. Bruno I have Mars. one cape that I've had for about twelve okay. years. That Between is my, my main cape. Is that um, the cape you were wearing when I met you? Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. I'm glad I got the, the alpha cape. I'm glad. You got the alpha cape. <laughs> and I I have probably three, four. Oh, I thought more. Okay. Okay. But but you're a fan of the uh, genre. I'm a fan. I am right. a fan of the genre. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Indeed. Excellent. Okay. So self-serving question from us. How did you happen on the Gormagons? I found you guys, God, Was how many years ago now? Twitter or the website or... Oh, Twitter. It was Twitter. Did we have a MySpace and page at some point? I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think so. We did so. not have a MySpace page. No, no, we did not. <laughs> that you know of. No, I found you guys on Twitter, and I just kind of loved you from afar and what, thought what, you what, guys were a bunch of wiseacres. I asked this solely for marketing purposes. What did you love about us? Just the wiseacreiness? The wiseacreiness. All right, wiseacreiness. Um, <laughs> 
No, that yeah, Neolo- that's, ne- that's, neologisms by Neva. Yeah, no, that's that's what I loved about you guys. You were just a bunch of wiseacres, and and you were all brilliant. Oh, of course. please, 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 <laughs> please. The czar wanted me to ask you why Neva, why not Neva, why not Neva, why not Neva. Well, I don't know. <laughs> my parents, my parents named me Neva. I was, uh, they thought I was going to be a boy called Evan. Oh, is your is your middle secret. is your is your secret middle name anagram? It is not. Never anagram. Oh. Oh, too bad. <laughs> they, they, they missed an opportunity there. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, they they decided on Claire. Claire. Claire's all Come right. On. Come on. I I have a Ugh. dear relative named Claire and a dear friend named Claire. So I'm fond of the name Claire. Okay. Now, are you okay. Claire, are you Irish Claire with A R E or French Claire with A I R E? A I R E. All right. And I think it could be worse. You could be Latin or Italian Clara. Oh yeah, that would be worse. Yeah. Same same name, different language. All right. So next question: What is your favorite movie, and why? My favorite movie is probably The Sound of Music. Um, <laughs> Just because my grandmother had a love for it, and I used to watch it when I was a little girl. And awesome. Yeah. So I just have a lot of fun memories of, you know, watching it in her house and that sort of thing. I'm, and I'm um, sure you can sing the whole thing. I can sing the whole, entire thing. I can awesome. sing the whole thing right now, but I won't. All right. I want to ask you, too. Uh, uh, Julie Andrews, by the way, Dynamite, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... She, and Christopher, uh, Christopher Plummer in that was so... So hot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't forget anything saying. about your you're having a little bit of a type, Neva. But okay, yes, he's the the Austrian Austrian uh, admiral or what captain, whatever he was, is uh, that's right in your wheelhouse, right? Captain, 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 please, captain. Bless your homeland forever, and I will move on to what is your favorite <laughs> ice cream flavor? My favorite ice cream flavor flavor is uh, cherry Garcia. Hippie, dirty hippie. Ugh. So why, why why do you like it? I don't actually like cherries, so I can't actually participate in any knowing conversation about this. I have the worst palate in the world. So oh, uh, you do. I, I do. I, t- I do. Everything tastes bad to me for some reason. So <laughs> the I, I've never had Cherry Garcia. Why is this the best ice cream flavor in the world? Because it has cherries and chocolate. Okay. That's I, I, pe- people dig that. People do dig that. Another thing, if you ever come up to Ice Station Mo and in the summertime, we will take you up to Door County, Wisconsin, where they grow lots of cherries, and you can pick them off the trees and eat them. I would love that. See, <laughs> see, we're trying to lure you northward. All right. Oh, I'm uh, gonna have to come north. One of these days. One of these days. I was asked to ask you who you believe the better Castle Gormagon dwelling minion is, Sleestack or Dat Ho? I'm going to have to say Sleestack. He he kind of has a thing for you, doesn't he? He does. He does. So I, yeah. I, 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 I don't my believe, cap for him. I don't believe he has sent anyone else on the internet uh, heart eye emojis. So, And that's pretty good because that's really hard to type when you only have like three giant claw things. I don't, know, I don't even know how he gets a keyboard to work, much less, you know, finds the alternate emoji keyboard. So who plays you in the movie? Winona Ryder, probably. I'm going to guess. Uh, your, that's, that's my guess of who you would say, but I could be totally wrong. I, I, I would say, uh, no, I'd say Ione Sky. Ione Sky. Okay. You know what? I can see that. 
I can see that. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> all right. And we'll find you a John Cusack to play opposite you. Oh, I'm a little better than that, please. Well, all right. Well, I was just thinking, he would, they were in a movie together, like back in the 80s, The Rachel Files or something like that. It was a Martin Amis book, I think. Adapted. What? I, it's the first time I think I saw any sky. I don't know. I'm old. Really? Okay. Say, say anything. It would oh. say anything. Oh, really? Am I, I may be misremembering who's in it. Anyway. Hey, Future Confucius again with a quick note of the films of Ioni Sky. The one I was misremembering was The Rachel Papers, which was based on Martin Amis' first novel, which came out in 1973. The movie came out a month after Say Anything in 1989. Once again, Nevitt is right that Say Anything is the only movie in which John Cusack co-starred with Ioni Sky, who I just found out is the daughter of 60s folk singer Donovan and was once married to Ad Rock of the Beastie Boys. I plead no contest as I was likely confused by the facts that I saw the Rachel papers several years before Say Anything, and that my youthful brain was beclouded by the fact that the lovely Miss Skye doffed her togs a couple times in that movie. Yow. Mea culpa. Also, check out the poster for the Rachel papers on IMDb if you want to see how right Neva is about their resemblance. Right? Back to the present with you. Apparently, if you want to woo Neva, you show up on her lawn with a boombox. If you can find a boombox nowadays, you can see people with like some really long cord being like, Alexa, play Peter Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway, all right. Uh, what's your favorite comfort food? My favorite comfort food is yeah. probably, ooh, I, I, I'd go with old reliable. I'd go with macaroni and cheese. Do you have a brand of macaroni and cheese or like homemade? Homemade. Homemade, homemade mac and cheese. All right. Do you do anything funky with your mac and cheese? Put a little panko breadcrumbs on it or add jalapenos or meat or anything like that? No, I like it straight up and normal. All right, straight up <laughs> and normal. Excellent. Excellent. So you're not like, you know, it's your, you get a like culinary school. So I'm just like, you know, you'd be like, well, I'd like to put in a little boursin cheese for extra creaminess or something like that. I don't know. But so straight that, up. That would be good. But right. I, I like it straight up and normal. All right. Straight up and normal. Excellent. Germany or France? France. France? All right. What's the state motto of Connecticut? Oh, God. Besides being the nutmeg state? Ah, we transtuli sustainit. Who transplanted sustains. I would have accepted the English or the Latin. No, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? Who you got? Han Solo. I'm waiting for someone someday to say Luke Skywalker, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to happen either. Han Solo or Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Who's the best Batman? Oh, Michael Keaton. Really? All right. All right. No, I'm I'm not questioning. I'm just saying, all right, that's going going old school. I like it. Um, (laughs) Was it the movie with him and Catwoman that did it for you? Is that what was going on? No, it was actually the the first one. I I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, he was. It was, I mean... They, they made good flicks. Okay, best James Bond. Ooh, the czar is really hoping Sean you're going to say George Lazenby. But Sean Connery? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going with Connery. Going to go with Connery? The OG Bond? Yeah. All right, fair yeah. enough. I, I, I do tend to think, like, when I look at the James Bonds, Connor, early, like, early Connery, like Dr. No Connery, and Daniel Craig are the only two you're like, yeah, yeah that, that guy would, would kill a man. <laughs> that, guy <would> actually, <laughs> that guy would actually kill somebody. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Roger Moore Bonds, though. I I really enjoyed you, Roger did, Moore. Did you like the like super silly ones, like Moonraker and stuff? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm a fan of mystery science theater. Of course I like the super silly one. Oh, there you go. All right. Very good. Yeah. I actually liked, um, for a long time, I liked, uh, Octopussy was one of my favorite ones because the, the script was good because it was like an actual sort of cold war thing going on as opposed to like, you know, a guy in a neighbor suit in a volcano or something. It's, it seemed to me a little yeah. more <laughs> compelling drama. <laughs> um, and I think it was written by George <laughs> McDonald Fraser, whom everyone should read because he's one of the best authors of popular fiction in the last century. Um, oh. Yeah, Flashman. Okay. Read the Flashman series. Start with, they read them in the order they were published. They're slightly out of chronological order for the character biography, but you got a best Bond girl or Bond villain. You, are you a Bond person? Mm. Oh, oh. Wasn't, wasn't my boyfriend one of the Bond villains? Is Mads Mikkelsen. He was. Wasn't he a Bond villain? He was. Okay, so that- there's yeah. my Bond villain. Yeah, he was the guy with like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Mads Mikkelsen, exactly. Uh, had, say no had, more. Like, the bloody eye. Yes, exactly. Uh, the first um, Craig one, uh, Casino Royale, the remake. He was. Yeah. You know, they were they were playing uh, not baccarat, was poker. I think they were playing. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah. Was it poker? I, I think I want to say it was. It might it might not have been, but I think it was because it was sort of like at the high water mark of the like. Texas Hold'em craze. Oh, okay. I think I think it was, but anyway, um, yeah. No, that was that was a, actually a really I, I thought they rebooted the series and a great job. And again, he was a good like grounded villain. You know, he wasn't, um, you know, Nehru suit. Volcano. I'll just say, I'll just say, he was a great villain. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say, what isn't he great at? Never. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, you got a great, you got a favorite. Everything he does. Everything, everything, everything. He's an inspiration. He is. He is. You got a favorite Star Trek captain? Picard. Really? Picard over Kirk. Okay, fair enough. Any any particular reasons why? Just because you know Jean Luc. Jean Luc. Just because Jean Luc, he's got he's got the great voice. I I never never. Do do you remember that time we were in Paris drinking our General Foods International coffee? What was the name of that waiter? (laughs) Jean Luc. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, it's okay. No, John Luke was my favorite. I, I, I just didn't care for Kirk. I, I don't know why. I didn't care for him. He's, he's Captain Kirk. He's his, yeah, you can't, he's like a force of nature. You can't justify him. You can't explain him. He just is Captain Kirk. Just is. Did you, did yeah. you like the original Star Trek better than the next generation? Or did you like the next generation better? I like the next generation better. I grew up watching it. So oh, okay. that was my preferred Star Trek. Yeah, because, because you're a punk kid. I actually, I actually went to an early-ish Star Trek convention in the 1970s because my aunt was a f- one of the nine fans of the show when it actually originally aired, which is before my time. But when they were on in reruns, she would flip the TV on and I would started watching them with her. My mother was, her sister was not a fan, although later... She actually came to be, but, and so I, I came to like Star Trek just watching the reruns with my aunt and she said, oh, hey, one time there's, there's this thing called a Star Trek convention over in Northern Virginia. Um, would you like to go? Uh, and I said, well, sure, I guess that sounds kind of fun. And so she took me and my friend whom you met, who, the, my oldest friend who you met in um, New York. Oh, 
okay. Yeah, so we were little kids. We knew each other then, but and so and we both liked Star Trek. So she she took us over, and we were you know at a '70s Star Trek convention, which I don't remember tons of details about, but I remember thinking, "Huh, this is kind of fun, kind of weird." And then you know, I've <laughs> I've been to some you know gaming conventions and things like that over the years, and I still have the same reaction. This is kind of fun, kind of weird. <laughs> I've been to a few Comic Cons and I had the same reaction. <laughs> ah. Now, were you going for like TV movie kind of stuff, or are you a comic book reader? Or I I read a few comic books. It was mostly my ex husband was his kind of thing, so I would. Ah. Have, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, but you but you you do kind of like science fiction and and so forth. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not my my main source of entertainment. No, no, my, I do my, enjoy it. Mine neither, but I yeah, we've talked over years. Although you know, there may have been other reasons why you like certain things. Like I remember uh, we talked a lot about um, Marvel's Jessica Jones. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> there were no, I I I enjoyed that. <laughs> yes, yes. So, but anyway, um, there were, uh, but you know, so you, but you, you're kind of conversant with the sort of geek culture things of comic books and sci-fi. But it's, it's, an, it's not your main. You'd, you'd rather sit and read Russian history or a literary novel or Sandra Brown. Correct. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, um, I'm about out of questions. So, do you have any uh, questions for him or anything you'd like to uh, say before we? T- uh, tune out here. Tune out. I should say. Sign off. What I want to know is yes. how how you came to be Volgi. Well, it's it's an office, not a name. It's the Volgi Ecumenicae. If you want to go with the Latin, you will. If you look at the Gormagon seal from I forget that's the, I think it's in the 18th century on our website. It says Confucius Ec Vol or Volg Vol Ec, I forget. And in the original documents of the Gormagons that showed up in a newspaper in 1754 or something like that, it was described that Confucius, I, uh, was serving as the Volgi Ecumenicae or the Volgi of the Ecumene, which means the inhabited portion of the world in sort of classical cosmography. It's just a gig. It means I pay the bills and, you know, set up various internet accounts and, you know, that's that's how I that's how I got to be the Volgi. <laughs> Fabulous. You know. Sounds you know, good to me. Hey, you know that's and it, if you you know poke around in a bunch of 18th century documents about secret societies, you can call yourself whatever you want. That's the lesson. <laughs> True All right. Enough. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Now it is lovely to talk to you as always. We should do it more often. Yes. Yes. All right. And uh, perhaps we can even do it sometime without, you know, the internet listening in. (laughs) That would be great. All right. Well, awesome talking to you. Thank you very much. And uh, my regards to Mr. Kilgrave. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. I, I like it straight up and normal. <laughs>